You're listening to Forecast, the marketing podcast for professional services leaders. If you're looking to generate more leads, win more deals, and take your firm to the next level, this show is your shortcut. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Ahmed Manawar. Today's episode is for all of you LinkedIn geeks out there. If you've been looking for ways to get more out of LinkedIn, looking for some good advice to help you really get the most out of the platform, then I think you're going to be pretty happy with today's interview. I've got Ellie Hochberg on the show. Ellie is one of these kind of new LinkedIn influencers that are coming about. You may have noticed there's a growing number of people who are really committing to LinkedIn as a platform, committing to creating content on LinkedIn and really building large followings. Ellie is one of those guys. He's one of the co-founders of a free course or challenge called 30 Days Social, where they will help you create content on a daily basis for 30 days on LinkedIn. In this episode, Ellie and I get into all things LinkedIn, how to create content, what kind of content to create, when to post that content, and the outcomes you can expect from a daily content ritual on LinkedIn. Show notes to this episode are going to be at forecast.fm slash Ellie. That's forecast.fm slash E-L-I. Before I let you go, if you haven't yet joined us inside our free course on the five P's of lead generation for professional service firms, you're going to want to check that out. Inside the course, I will walk you through a step-by-step framework that you can use to generate a flood of new business for your firm. It's 100% free of charge. You can get started immediately at 5leadgen.com, and you can spell out five or use the number. Either one works. That's 5leadgen.com. With that, here is Ellie Hochberg. Ellie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So why don't you get us started by telling us a little bit about what you're currently doing and, and how you got to where you are today? Sure. I'm currently building marketing systems for people. So people hire me to create content strategies or just like lead generation, stuff like that. And I got here because ever since I was little, I wanted to be a consultant that didn't actually have to own a business. So I wanted to be like, like a CEO of a company. So I came up with the ideas and then other, other people did them. Uh, and it's, it's just kind of something that I enjoy doing is creating ideas. Uh, and that's, that's the long and short of it. I'm not, I don't have a very storied history. Well, I mean, the, 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 the thing that you never hear is when I grew up, I wanted to be a consultant. <laughs> yeah, right. True. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like when I was like five years old, I, my dad told me that I, that I told him I want to be a CEO of a company and he's like, why? I was like, ah, I want to come up with ideas, but I don't want to work. And he's like, okay, son, go play with your Lego. (laughs) But I guess, yeah, ever since I was little, that's what I wanted to do. How'd you even know what a CEO was when you were five years old? I love to read. I was reading ever since I was like four. Interesting. Okay. And so so tell me a little bit more about your business though. What's like, what are the, what are the typical problems that people come to you with? Sure. Typical problem is people have so much to do that they don't know what to do. So I usually help them create a system. And I, I use system because the system is something that works and it's something that's repeatable. So if you do A plus B, you'll always get C. And that's the goal of what I, what I do is I show people, hey, follow these steps, eventually it'll be a routine and then it'll get you the results you're looking for. Okay, interesting. So Ellie, the reason I wanted to bring you on the show today was I wanted to talk about the, this program that you launched called the 30 Days Social. But before we get into the 30-day social, which is focused on LinkedIn, uh, 
tell me a little bit about like, you know, when and how you discovered that LinkedIn was such a powerful tool for your business. Sure. So I joined LinkedIn, I think like everybody else, because somebody sent me an email saying so-and-so wants to connect with you on LinkedIn. And that was probably five years ago. And I never really did anything with it. And then in August of 2017, a friend of mine who's a successful LinkedIn coach is said, you know, Ellie, you should try it. It works. So for 30 days, I posted something. Uh, every single day, I went on and I posted. And at the end of the 30 days, I tallied up my results. And it was, it was incredible because not only did I m- meet a whole bunch of new people, but I, I got some leads from the platform. And I said, okay, well, if, I, if I'm getting leads for 30 days, let's try it for another 30 days. And then the next thing I know, all like 95% of my business is now coming just through LinkedIn and creating content. Now, I know we're going to get into this in a minute when we get into the 30-day social, but when you started just posting every day, how are you coming up with stuff to post about? Oh, man. <laughs> That's the struggle right there. That's The struggle is real. Uh, I keep a, a Evernote doc, and I just write down ideas as they come to me. Probably most 50% or 75% of my ideas come to me while I'm in the shower and spacing out, and then I just <laughs> repeat it to myself until I get back to my phone. But the, the goal is to learn from everything around you. So if you can constantly be learning, you can constantly be sharing and constantly create. And do you have like, or uh, did you, I want to kind of focus on the early days there before you, you became the, uh, the LinkedIn uh, master that you are now. <laughs> but back then, did, did you have like a certain audience in mind or was it just kind of something comes to me and I post it? My only audience, and I continue to write this way, is I write how I speak how I speak and how I would want to read. I try to mix those two together. And then I guess my audience is a bunch of people that enjoy that. Uh, I understand that that's kind of like a yes, like an echo chamber. But at the end of the day, that's the type of people I want to work with. I want to work with people that like me. I don't want to have to spend uh, the first part of a sales, uh, sales pitch convincing someone that I'm a good person. I want them to convince them that what I can do can be helpful. It's just a waste of energy in my opinion. You know, that, that makes sense. But the, the stuff that you were posting, though, like, I mean, did it, did it tie into the work that you do? Or was it broader than that? Oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I try to stick within stay in my lane. So marketing, branding systems, things that can make people's lives easier or reinforce in their mind that I know how to make their lives easier. Okay. And you mentioned that, you know, you, you made a bunch of new connections, met some new people, and you got some leads out of it. How did the lead thing happen? Did people just discover you because your posts were getting shared and engaged with? That came from the connection request. So it's a simple process. I post content, people like it, they send me a connection request. That's what usually happens with content. But I took it a step further. So once they sent me that connection request, instead of just accepting and moving on, I would send them a message. And I played around with a bunch of different messages, but ultimately, The one that's been working is, thanks for connecting. How can I be of value? And to different people, value means different things. For some people, they want me to like one of their posts. Or for other people, they want me to write them a full-blown content strategy. And that's where my leads were coming from. It was messaging people that had reached out to me. Now, did you find that people were reaching out to you to connect because they were intrigued by you know, what you do and your service offering, or they just wanted to have like an influencer on LinkedIn that they're connected to? I'm sure it's both. You know, I, I get probably a couple dozen a day where people are just saying, you know, I like what you're posting, would love to see more, where, you know, a simple follow could suffice. But 
I do think that the majority of people, well, let me back up. It depends on what the post was. So if I wrote a post that was like a feel good post and it was just kind of motivational, I wouldn't get a lot of leads out of that. But if I wrote a post that talked about something I'd done for someone or something that could be done, then I would, those would usually be leads. So it all comes down to the type of content that's being put out. Yeah. So, I mean, so it sounds like most people just want to be connected with you, want to follow you and a subset of them are going to be qualified leads for your services that you can then nurture. Exactly. And that's how it is with, with business in general. I think unless you're doing cold calling, you're really not going to find a hundred percent of people want to hire you. Of well, course. Cold calling, right. That's like 1% of people. So. Yeah. 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 So, so let me ask you this. I mean, I, I find that there's a, there are two schools of thought here when it comes to LinkedIn. There's a group of people that are open to connecting with new folks and and they'll send connection requests and they'll accept connection requests fairly liberally, as long as a person doesn't look like a spammer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I find that there's a group of people that are that are more uh, more disciplined about who they connect with and, and they'll have they'll have rules. And and a common rule is I will only connect with people that I actually know in real life. What's your view on that? I think the second way is an awesome way to target effectively, but the first way is for broader opportunities. So for example, just yesterday, I wrote a content strategy for someone and his entire network is like 400 people, but it's all people he knows. And for him, anything he posts, he doesn't even need to break through that barrier of who are you, he already has that. So he can go straight into the next step, which is the product offering. Versus if I post something and someone I've never met before sees it, they're going to have to be convinced that I could be trusted, that I'm a reliable person, and then they can take that next step to potentially hiring. So I think that both of them are effective, but for like what I do, I can, I sell to a lot of different people, but if someone's super niche down, then I think they should only accept requests from that niche. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I just, I just feel like the folks who are really, really, um, particular about who they who they connect with are probably missing out on some opportunities because the point of social media is to connect with people that maybe you know maybe you don't know uh, yeah. and, I, and I feel like that's it's just you're not really using the platform to its fullest potential if you're limiting yourself to real life connections correct and I'm, I'm going to be careful to, to say anything about it because I know it's it's one of the most divisive politics <laughs> in the LinkedIn game so is it really that I touched yeah. on a nerve here <laughs> no I know that's like if, if for example, if, if you or I were to post something saying I only accept connection requests to people I know, you'd have 500 comments and 250 of them would be like, oh, that's awesome. And 250 of them would, would probably attack everything about you. So that, you know, there's just, it, I'm going to, no comment. Let's go. Let's go to the next question. So, so you're not going to give me something I can, I can take back to LinkedIn and say, well, no. here's what Ellie said about. Absolutely this. not. <laughs> Moving on. All right. All right. Fair enough. So let's jump into 30 day social. Tell me, tell me how the idea came about and, and how it works. Sure. So are you connected with Josh Jerkovitz? Do you know who, who he is? Uh, is he one of the, one of the guys behind 30 day social? Yeah. So Josh yeah. is a systems expert. He, he's like, uh, uh, he builds funnels and all that and all that, like the tech stuff of a system. So he had this idea, he tried a 30 day challenge of something and it worked. And he saw that me and Ben Ray had been posting and we each had posted that we post consistently. That sentence makes sense. And he said, well, hey, let's try doing this with LinkedIn. So he contacted the two of us. We hopped on a couple calls and we ended up saying, okay, this, this might work. And we, we, so we put out a, a teaser 
Um, and like I said, you know, 400 people signed up for the teaser and we just started building the system and it took off from there. So the, the premise behind it is, is basically if you post for 30 days, 95% of people are going to see results at the end of it. So all we do is show you what to post for those 30 days so that all the burden is off of you and all you have to do is show up and write. And that's the, that's the goal. And most people that have gone all the way through the program have, have gotten tremendous results, be it in terms of going viral, which to them was a personal goal, or in terms of actually getting business. And why 30 days? That was just the, the, the structure we came up with initially. We had enough content for 30 uh, anything longer than that, we didn't think many people would try. Yeah, and I suppose if you successfully do it for 30 days, then you can you can call that a habit and it's something you can then sustain for the long term. So <laughs> I used to think like that until someone uh, called me out on it and they said, you know, actually it takes 48 days to build or something like that to build a habit. So I don't, I don't really know. I feel like my whole life has been a lie at this point. But <laughs> I'm just going to, we're just going to run with the 30 days. Uh, the name sounds cool and the domain was available. So no, I think you should push back on that. idea. I, mean, I, I looked into this a little bit. I don't think there's really any definitive number of days because look, it depends on the habit. Correct. It depends on your, 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 you know, who you are and, and your, your tendencies as a human being. It depends on a lot of things, right? So you, nobody can really say it takes this many days that the real answer is it depends. 30 sounds like a reasonable number. I believe it. So <laughs> yeah, it's an arbitrary number that everybody uses. So we're just going to stick with it. Sounds good. So and we're locked in now. So we can't, we're not going anywhere. No, there's no changing it. You branded the damn thing. So, <laughs> so, so tell me about some of the, and I, I've been through the program, but tell us about some of the triggers that you have in there to prompt uh, the daily posts. Sure. So the, the core is the daily email. So every day an email hits the person's inbox with what that content of that day is going to be. Then when they click through, it takes them to the site where there's like a short little video explaining a little bit more. And then the content. So anywhere between two, 300 words, or I think more than that. I don't know. I suck at math. But there's just there's like a bunch of content teaching you what that day's tip is going to be about. And then we have a couple example posts and then a writing prompt at the end. So today you're going to write about your story or today you're going to write about a call to action. Um, and then that's it. So we hope that people take that knowledge and then use it to write and put it out there on their profile. So you, you mentioned something about length just now. Is there a particular length of post that you found works particularly well? Well, for now, yes. Uh, the, the algorithm favors the long form posts. You get 1,300 characters to work with. And if you put between 900 and 1,300, you're going to get much higher engagement, but that's all up in the air. If LinkedIn decides to change a line of code, that'll, that'll change. Oh, I mean, 900, that's like a, that's like a full blown blog post. Uh, 900 characters, not words. Characters. Okay. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you made me really nervous there. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. I'm not about to write a thousand words per day on a LinkedIn post. I mean, characters. No, yeah. no. Yeah. You get like five or six paragraphs, or if you want to do the one line style, you can get like 140 lines. Okay. That's a made up number, but a lot. And, and are you encouraging people in the 30 day challenge to do just text only or video or, or both? Yes. So while the algorithm is favoring that, we're encouraging them to do that because that's going to be the most effective. There are some people that have gone through and, and applied our concepts to doing videos. And they've, they've had some success just because video is such a novel concept at, at this current time. And people who write articles, the, the algorithm really deranks it. There's no 
effective reach for it unless you write like a text post and then tell people to look at your article. And so that's what we've been encouraging people to do is just to text only. So you're saying text only, the algorithm will favor that over video? Yeah, text only. Um, I've, I've been chatting with a bunch of the big content creators and the, the video ones and asking them how they see it. And they said, yeah, videos get far less reach, uh, far less engagement, just, be, just be, that's because the way LinkedIn has structured the feed. So, I and mean, it's so interesting because like, you'd think they want to push it, but. Yeah, that's, that's surprising to me. I, I, yeah, I would have thought like kind of like Facebook Live back in the day, right? Or even yeah. now to a certain extent, you'd think that they'd want to promote it. I'm surprised that that text would get more reach. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you, but it's it seems to be not. Maybe maybe if the Jeff Weiner listens to this podcast, he'll change that. But well, I'll be sure to send him a copy. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you doing video at all, or you're doing just text only? I did video for a bit. What I did was a, a weekly video where I asked somebody for their best business advice. Um, I found that, and this is my own personal preference, and I and no offense to anyone doing video, but if it's just a video of you talking, that's something that people could read and, and they don't need to see that in a video and therefore they're not going to like it so much. But if you do a video like an interview with someone where it's, it's just more of an experience, it's more of a conversation, then they'll watch it. So I always tried when I did my videos, I always tried to have two people in the frame um, and that it was something short. It was always under a minute and I put subtitles on it. And I found those three things worked really well. I got some great reach, 15 to 20,000 views on a video. But I, I just fell off. I slacked off on doing that. And it's something that I will, I do plan to pick up. Yeah, it's more work, right? You got to meet somebody. You got to talk to them. You have to record it. I mean, it, it's, it's like, go outside. It's not even worth it anymore. Who does that anyways, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So let me ask you about engagement. I mean, if somebody is, you know, let's assume that they're not terribly active on LinkedIn and, they, you know, they have a, a moderately sized network and, you know, they start posting every day for 30 days. How does, what does that engagement curve look like? Is, is it slow to start off? Is it like a hockey stick? Like what should we expect? Right when you start off first one or two days, you're going to get the most engagement because everyone kind of is like, oh, that's new. Um, and they kind of get involved. So that's the first, the first like one, one or two days. After that, there's usually a sharp dip in engagement as people say, okay, this is going to be a daily thing. Um, and then at the end, if people push all the way through, they're already building that community and the community starts to grow and push the engagement back up. So it's kind of like a, a U-shaped curve. Yeah, I mean, the, the idea of community here seems, seems to be important to me. Like, do you find that over the course of the 30 days, you start to develop a bit of a tribe who's now following you and, and they're engaging and they're supporting, supporting you? I would imagine so. I mean, the people that have, we ask people throughout the, the program to click on the hashtag and just meet up, reach out to other people. Uh, we have a Facebook group as well where people can come in. We, we don't allow them to share their link to their posts. We don't want to be a pod, but we do encourage engagement because that at the end of the day, you can post for 30 days, but if you haven't made any friends, then after 30 days, you're done. Uh, you're not going to, you're not going to come, you're not going to come back to the platform because there's no reason to. Right. So as far as engagement goes, you're saying it's it's good early on, it dips a little bit, and then and what picks up again over the course of the the remainder of the thirty days? Yeah, so it'll 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 be that initial excitement from your connections, then it'll kind of dip down as they realize that there's not so much that it's a daily thing, and then it'll start to pick back up as you meet new people through the daily. Okay, and and so for you, 
and and I guess some of the people that have gone through the program, is this just this is just like a daily habit now? You just you post on LinkedIn every single day and that's just the new normal? Yes. Yeah, so I have I've been posting daily since August. So coming up on six months, uh six times a week. So I don't I don't post on Saturday because I'm I'm uh religious, so I don't I'm not on the platform. But I do, yeah, six times. So every single day, uh, the night before, I usually write a post and then I put it up the next day. And I've been doing that um, a lot, <laughs> many okay. times. Okay, so, so your workflow is, I mean, you're capturing ideas all the time, including in the shower. Right? Yeah. You're, you're adding them to LinkedIn, uh, to, to Evernote rather. And then every night, the night before, was it, you sit down and write the post? Usually the night before, yeah. And I'll, I'll write down that post. I'll grab an idea off my list and then write out a post on it. And what time are you posting of the day? So this is interesting. It's funny you brought this up today because for the last week or so, I've been experimenting with different times. I was always under the impression that 7 a.m. Eastern was the best time for me to post just based on where my network was. And that's when I got the most engagement. But the, the I actually dove into the analytics and I was looking and all of my engagement or about 75% of it was coming from out of the country and I don't have any clients out of the country and I don't work with a lot of people out of the country. So I tried me me uh, messing around with the times to see when I could get more engagement within like the United States and that's at eight o'clock Eastern. So I've pushed my time now to eight o'clock instead, but there's the old saying, good content will always get, will always get engagement. And it doesn't matter when you post, but I still find that in the mornings, it just gives people that burst or pushes them to get through their day, I guess. But, but how much of a difference could that really make between just the one hour, seven to 8 a.m.? A hundred percent of a difference for me. I, I went from 50% views from outside like the United States, UK to a hundred percent in the United States, UK. So it really that one hour made a difference. I'm, I, I was looking at the time zones to see because I, I plan on writing a post on it. And it looks like the, the way, like in the UK, I think it's, I got the, our morning is their afternoon, I think. Yeah, well, I think 8 a.m. is probably their lunch hour. Maybe that'd be, that their might lunch, be lunch, right? Exactly. And people do use LinkedIn during lunch, regardless of what um, HubSpot will let you believe. People will use it. And then I think in, I'm checking like in India or I think it was their night. So they're really not on now. Yeah, it's uh, 5.30. Yeah. So it's, it's more like in the middle of their night. So they're, they're not on the platform and they're not engaging with it. Okay. Interesting. And do you find that, uh, like, are you getting a lot of your engagement within like the first hour or a couple of hours? Usually I've heard, I've heard people say that that's the best time to, to gauge if a post will do well, but I've had posts that got 10 likes or comments in the first hour and then ended up being a three, 400 like post. It just depends on, on who sees it and how it makes them feel. Got it. And, and what do we know about the, the algorithm? Like, does the algorithm, like, like is, it, is it favoring posts that are getting engagement early on? Is that important? That's, that's an excellent question. And if I knew that, <laughs> I, would, I would probably make a lot of money off of this. Um, I think... <laughs> I think, so I'll throw some random algorithm stats at you that are not proven, but I, I found. Um, posts that do well in the first hour or two do phenomenally well later on. And that's like 30, 40 likes in the first hour. Um, 
posts that tag people and the person does not respond within the first few hours get deranked. Um, posts that go up about six hours later, the engagement tanks as well and the views tank. And then after 72 hours, the post is basically dead unless somebody, somebody with a large following will go and will comment on it. Sorry, one more time. So I get the first one. The second one you said is that if you tag somebody and they don't respond in the first hour, then that's bad. Yeah, they, if they don't respond soon, LinkedIn, I think, I think on their end, they assume the person didn't like the content and then therefore will derank it versus if you tagged, you know, if you went and, and, and tagged like uh, Josh Vector, right? You tagged him and he responded to your post. That post would do phenomenal. But if you tagged him and then he didn't respond, it'll kind of be like a regular post. It won't, the tagging won't have any effect on it. But, but it, would, it, would it hurt it if they don't respond? Like, it, does that make tagging a bit of a risky proposition? Some of my friends have been experimenting and they say that, yes, it, it actually will hurt it. And, and if you only tag people that will engage, otherwise it can, it can derank your post. Okay, interesting. And that, that third stat you mentioned, what was that again? Um, Something about 72 hours. Oh, yeah. So after the life cycle of a post is, is 72 hours. And then after that, it's very rare that it'll, it'll get any more engagement. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, that's a good, like, geeks overview to LinkedIn algorithms yeah. and stats. <laughs> but let's, let's jump into, I think, you know, posting every, every day for 30 days. And I think you guys have done a lot of really good work in helping people do that and giving them triggers and ideas and whatnot. But I mean, I think that there's probably, there are certain things that you need to do in your content to engage people. And you, you mentioned earlier that, you know, in the end, good content's good content. You've been doing this for six months now, every single day. What do you find are like the secrets to creating good, engaging content? Oh, you're asking me to give away my secrets, huh? Okay. Pretty much. All right. I'll give away some. Uh, tip number one is stop trying to fake a writing style if it's not how you talk. I see a lot of people try to imitate the, the storytelling that's common on here and they can't do it. They're not very good at it. It's not genuine. So if, if you write a post and it feels too formal, then it probably is too formal. And then you should rewrite it, put in your personality. That's number one. Um, number two for me is you need to engage with people. It doesn't matter how well you write. If you don't engage with people and you don't have any reason to have a following, right? Like if you're Gary V and you have a following just because you're Gary V, then you'll get engagement, but it'll be the same 500 people liking your posts versus if you're a, a, a creator with 500 followers and you engage, you'll also get a hundred, 150 uh, likes or comments on a post. So you got to engage with people. It's a community. There's no, there's no denying that LinkedIn is a community. So, 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 so we, what, do you, what do you mean by that though? Engage with people. What does, what does that mean? Go on to their posts. So instead of just focusing on, on your posts, every once in a while, go to the feed and just scroll through and engage. So if someone wrote something you like, tell them you liked it. Or if someone wrote something you don't like, tell them you don't like it. If, if someone asked for your opinion, put your opinion down. And, and get in there and, and like show people that are not yourself that you're there, that you exist. If I go, here's a, here's a good way for me to gauge if someone is a good person to connect with. If I go to their profile and I look at their recent activity and all it is is just a stream of them commenting on their own posts, I'm not going to connect with them. But if I see that they've liked other people's articles and they've commented on other people's articles, then I'll, I'll connect with them because they're clearly in it for the community and not for the numbers. 
Okay. Uh, you're making me self-conscious now. I got to go back and review my activity feed. <laughs> <laughs> you better hurry up before you publish this one. <laughs> okay. Got it. So, so, so write like you talk essentially, right? Write in a way that's natural to you. Um, focus on engagement, engage with other people. What else? Um, be committed. You can't do it for one week and expect to see results. There's just no way that's going to happen. Um, creating content is one of the best ways to get in front of people, but you need to be good at it. If you're not good at it, you got to hire somebody. Uh, don't do it yourself because you'll end up hurting yourself. Um, I'm just, I'm just trying to think of things that won't make me not valuable anymore. <laughs> uh, keep learning, keep learning like what's going on. I subscribe to the LinkedIn blog so I can know like what they're adding to the platform and what they're putting out or what trends they're tracking. You know, they're, they've got 550 million people on here. They, they have some pretty good data to work with. So keep learning what's working, what's not. Be mindful of the trends. There are hundreds of people on here that are claiming to be LinkedIn experts, but are still posting Forbes articles with no text and getting one like on it. So there's just keep, keep up basically keep up uh, or fall behind, I guess. Okay. So just a couple of questions you mentioned, if you're not good at creating content, don't do it yourself. So do you not think that this is something that anybody can kind of figure out and do in a way that's authentic and natural to them? I think, and this is going to be a controversial opinion. I think that 30 day social or any content creating platform or, or course is not going to work for hundred percent of people. There's no way that we can teach everyone how to create. And, and all you have to do is, is scroll through um, your feed and you'll see some people are really good storytellers. Some people are really good video creators and some people are not. And if you're not, and your goal is, and this is the important part, and your goal is to get business from your content, you're going to need to hire someone. If your goal is to build a personal brand, then obviously create however you want. And that's how you are. Do your, do you. But if your goal is to, is to get business out of the platform, I, I don't think that bad content works. And I'm, I'm happy to be proven wrong. And I'd love to hear your opinion on this. No, I mean, that's, I wanted to go there. I'm glad you went there. So I, I definitely see a distinction here between popularity and profitability, right? I can can see that there's a path to becoming popular and I can see that that path, and I think there's many, many proofs of this, that path doesn't always lead to business outcomes. And we're talking to people who are business owners and they're really only going to do this if there's real business outcomes at the end of the tunnel. In your mind, what is that, like, what is that distinction? Like what makes the difference between just being popular and actually building a following that turns into business? Excellent question. Um, I don't know if you caught my post from this morning. My post this morning was me admitting that sometimes I just post because I, I, wanna, I want likes. I want people to say that I'm good at something or I want, I want to hear that. I need a little encouragement. And that's the, that's the dangerous part of LinkedIn is when people pick a goal that's not business related and then they get lost in that goal. So some people want to go viral. And the question is, why do you want to go viral? Do you want to go viral because you, you need that pick me up? Or do you want to go viral because that gets you in front of millions of potential clients? Uh, and that's the, the important distinction is you got to know what your goals are and you got to know yourself. And if you don't know that, I don't think you should be trying to, to go viral because that can lead you down the dangerous, dangerous path of never going viral again and always beating yourself up. Yeah, I mean, I think what you said earlier is also really important. This, the, the idea of staying in your lane, right? You, you mm-hmm. stay within 
certain categories of topics that are relevant to to the work that you do and to your expertise. So if you stay in your lane, then you're naturally going to attract people who are interested in that topic or have that problem that you solve. And, and then you're building an even if you know, even if you want to go viral, it's fine because you're building an audience now of relevant people who you can then build a relationship with who might become customers. Correct. And, and there's nothing wrong. I, I, I feel like I didn't make myself clear. I apologize. My, my ADHD sometimes kicks the words out before my brain has a chance to review them. So I think that I think that it's very important to focus on something. And if you want to go viral, that's awesome. But then focus on going viral and then don't be wishy-washy and sometimes write posts that say, I hate when people say they want to go viral. Uh, it, pick something. And some people going viral is their goal. That's all they're looking for. Uh, and that's, that's awesome. As, as long as you have a goal. I think what I'm trying to say is you need to have a goal. Uh, and if your goal is to get business, I think that you need good content. I just feel like that's the only way to do it. I mean, if you can't create it, then, then hire somebody who can. Now, what about things like calls to action? Are, do you incorporate calls to action that further other outcomes like, you know, email subscribers or 30 days social into your posts or not? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, I do it all the time. <laughs> a lot of the time it's, it's done stealthily. Like it's not a direct call to action. A lot of the time it's a question. I like asking questions in my posts so that people respond and I get to see what they, what they think. Um, I don't like just shouting at the world. So that's, that's my main call to action is that, but sometimes we'll do a call to action like, Hey, check out 30 day social or Hey, uh, check out this guy's profile. And, and there's a, there's an art to doing it. And I'm happy to share that. <laughs> Let's share it. Okay. So <laughs> the art to call to action on LinkedIn specifically is you got to give people two reasons to engage with your post. Either they can like what you said in the post. It could be a helpful tip. Or it could be um, it could be something feel good like a feel good response. So that's a. Or they can like the call to action and they'll engage. Now the reason this is important is because it's all about the algorithm. If people don't like your post or they don't like your call to action, they're not going to like or comment on it, and then your post will disappear. So the goal is you got to get people to get an effective call to action that re reaches the most people. You need to give people a reason to like and comment on your post, and that can either be because they like the content of the post or they like the call to action of the post. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, okay. So what I'm hearing is don't necessarily focus in on just the call to action because first and foremost, people have to like and comment and then only will your call to action really become relevant to people because they'll see it. Correct. So, so if you want to post a, a post and you want to get people's opinion, write the body of the post saying something that's a useful value add that people by itself, that post itself will get engagement, right? So let's say you teach people uh, how, to, how, to write, how to conduct an interview on a podcast and you write up a whole post on that. And then at the bottom, you put something like, what questions would you ask on a podcast? That gives people two different reasons to engage with your post. And either way you win, because either way you get engagement. Right, got it. But if, you, if, you just, if you're focused too much on the call to action and you're not engaging people in the actual post, nobody likes it, then it doesn't we'll just scroll by. Yep. And, and then your call to action is irrelevant. Okay. Exactly. Uh, so on that note, do you have like a, a particular structure to the posts that you like to use? Um, I'm just straight up. I'll just put a little, uh, a couple dot dash lines at the bottom and a, an arrow with my, my call to action. It'll, I'll literally split the post in half. Okay. But in terms of the post itself though, like do you, like some people put in like a little headline, some people put in a question at the top. Do you have like a, a particular approach to starting off and getting into the content? 
Yes. And that's something that I mess around with a bunch. So I, I kind of experiment. I found that for a dramatic story, the best is obviously going to be the one liner and then the second, you know, the space and then another one liner that pulls you in, right? The Josh Vector method of storytelling. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. It's something like I got fired and then, but I'm still a millionaire. Have you seen those? Oh yeah. Yeah. Those are everywhere. Yeah. I, I haven't seen the Josh Vector method, but yeah, I've seen that. In okay. So, so Josh is the one who, who, who started this, this trend and some might call it annoying on the platform. Um, I personally love it. I love the way that the Josh writes his storytelling is always in steps. It's never, it's always, you want to read the next sentence and that's where he, his, his method shines is each sentence pulls you into the next one. Um, so that's one method of doing it. That's for like a dramatic story. If you have something that's just like a tip, I write paragraph, one liner, paragraph, one liner, paragraph, one liner. So the one liner is just kind of the dramatic statement and then the paragraph is more information. And that way if people want to scan through, they'll still get the knowledge out of the post without actually reading everything. Got it. Got it. Okay. So let me ask you this. Uh, we've talked about a few things here today, writing content daily, engaging with people on LinkedIn. C- could you walk us through like a, a, a typical or ideal LinkedIn daily routine where, you know, we can get all this stuff done in a reasonable amount of time? Yeah, absolutely. Um, step one is, and this is what, this is the way I, I run it and I can usually do LinkedIn in about an hour, hour and a half. But if you can condense this, obviously. Uh, step one is in the morning, I post my post. Immediately after posting, I go through the connection requests and accept all of them and send them that message. After that, I log off. Uh, and I don't come back to the platform for a couple hours. When I do come back, I go straight to my messaging. I answer all my unread messages. Um, and then I hop back off again. And then at about five o'clock, I come back on, go through notifications, uh, engage with anything I've been tagged in, any comments, my own posts. Um, then I'll go back to messaging, catch up on all the messages, and then I'll go back to my feed and engage with other people's content. That takes me about an hour, hour and a half for people that are less involved with the platform. You can do all that in 20 minutes. Yeah, no, that, that sounds that sounds reasonable. Are you doing any kind of outbound connection requests at all? I do if a post really strikes me. I don't spend a lot of time on it. I don't have the time to do it. Right. Okay. And is, is that something that you, you, you suggest people look into or not at all? Yeah, absolutely. If you have a reason to connect with someone, absolutely go for it. And even if you don't and you just want to know them, go for it. And and of course, add a personal request. You're like your 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 odds of, of being accepted go way up if you add a personalized message. A lot of people don't do that and they, they get frustrated when no one responds to them. Got it. Yeah. So last thing, Ellie, before I let you go, you, you know, you, you talk a lot about personal branding and I think there's a, there's a risk here for a lot of folks. They can get, they can get very active on LinkedIn, but if they don't think hard about personal branding and positioning, then they could just kind of fall into the sea of <laughs> unknown LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn celebrities, right? Yeah. What are the keys here to building a brand that, you know, first and foremost, people want to engage with before you really jump into the platform? Um, okay. In 30 seconds, number one is figure out who you want to be known as. Maybe you want to be known as a video person or a post person or flamboyant person or a boring person, but that's step one is figure out who, who you want to be. Step two is create around that. If you're someone that wants to be known as a blockchain expert, then create blockchain posts. Don't waste your time writing about anything else. If you want to be a marketing expert, create posts about marketing. 
So figure out who you are, then take that and create to build your niche around you. People will come to you because of what they read. And if what they read is related to your industry, then the people that are coming to you are related to your industry. And that's the, the fastest way to build a niche. Great advice. And I think it was under 30 seconds. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so, yeah, Ellie, listen, this is awesome. I mean, this is jam-packed with, with really valuable insights. Anything that we haven't talked about today that you think is important to mention? Um, I think the weather, but that's about it. How's the weather? Oh, dude, it's beautiful. <laughs> we, it doesn't even feel like January. It's like, Where are you? You're, you're in Baltimore, right? Yeah, I'm in Baltimore. Okay, I haven't even been outside yet today, so I don't really know what it's like. But yeah, the, the snow's all gone, so that's... It's gone, man. That's good if you're... Where's I'm, your, up, uh, I'm up in Toronto, so I think our weather's probably much the same. Uh, it's good if if you're not a, a skier like me, but if you're a skier, then that's a bit depressing because it's winter. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what you're looking for. There aren't any mountains up there that they, like, pump the artificial stuff on? Yeah, they, they do, but it's got to be cold enough. Oh, yeah, I guess, right, after 50 degrees or so. Yeah. So, Ellie, listen, where can people look you up and where can they join 30 Day Social? They can find me online on LinkedIn, of course. And 30 Day Social is linkedin.30days.social. Awesome. And we'll have links to both Ellie's LinkedIn profile and 30 Day Social in the show notes to this episode. Ellie, thanks so much for coming on. This has been great. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's Ahmed here again. Before I let you go, there are two things I want you to do. The first is, if you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play by visiting forecast.fm and clicking on the relevant link. While you're at it, please do leave us a rating or a review because it helps more people discover the show. The second thing is I want you to grab my free course on the five P's of lead generation for professional services firms. Inside the course, you will get a step-by-step -step framework to help you generate a flood of new business for your firm. The course is 100% free of charge and you can get immediate access at 5leadgen.com and you can spell out five or use the number, either one works. That's 5leadgen.com. Thanks for listening.